Well, hello, everyone. This is Jessica. And this is Caitlin. And this is the Calling All Spirits podcast. How are you this morning, Caitlin? <laughs> well, I'm still trying not to hack up a lung, but I'm mostly good. <laughs> Although I will say that while uh, preface, I still love my house. I still love it. It makes me very happy to be here. But the joke, buy a house, they said, it'll be fun, they said. Yeah. Stops being funny when you have to tear up the hallway floor because it started buckling. Oh, no. We haven't even been here two months. (gasps) What happened? What caused it to buckle? We're not quite sure yet. I was worried because it had the swelling of uh, moisture. Right, But once we started peeling away the layers, first of all, there are way too many layers. They, like, put the new floor on top of the old floor, on top of the subfloor. And so... There were like little pockets of moisture, but it was like condensation level moisture. So our best guess is that it was like cracking from underneath or there was like air coming in from underneath since it's a pier and beam house. Right. And then because the house is kept at Arctic temperatures due to the Yetis I live with, (gasps) um, it was just creating condensation in between the layers. I don't know. Wow. I I was digging away at it again yesterday, and I stopped just shy of going all the way through the subfloor because it's also all glued together, and I couldn't tell where the subfloor started. Oh no! Oh my gosh! I mean that that is house ownership. It doesn't matter, even if you get like brand new house, there is something that's going to always be going wrong with your house. Absolutely, and that's I think why I'm so happy that I got an old house because I'm way more patient with old houses that have something mm-hmm. go wrong than brand new ones. Like you have no excuse to be this problematic if you were <laughs> built yesterday. Yeah, no, no. I oh my god. Like I still go through it every once in a while. I'll, like I'll pet the walls and be like, I know you're seventy. It's fine. <laughs> You've been here a long time. You've been well-loved and well-cared for, and sometimes yes. you just need a little help. Yeah, no. that I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I, ugh, I know. It is annoying with newer houses. It's That's one of the roommates. Uh, he had a house in, I don't know, Fulcher, I think. So one of the houses, uh-huh. one of the places outside of yeah. Houston. And it was a brand new build, and he had things going wrong left, right, and center. Oh, my God. So he was happy to sell his house and move to Austin and just have a room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was thrilled. Oh, yeah. No, I know. My poor, yeah. My husband's constantly like, it's like you get one thing fixed and just the other day something else broke. He's like, I am so tired of everything breaking in this house. I'm like, I know, but babe, but I think that's part of it. I think that's literally part of it. It is. Like, we also replaced the faucets and all that fun stuff. But yeah. what's hilarious, and I've been cracking up everyone around me, um, and Brie will be able to relate to this because we grew up in the same house. <laughs> But because I grew up with remodelers, having construction going on in the house makes it feel more like home. (laughs) Oh, my God. You are like Winchester. You're Sarah Winchester. (laughs) I get it. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm not thrilled about it being the floor because I'm better with wall work than I am the thing I'm standing on. But uh, right. No, I'm even I'm entertained by the fact that, oh, okay, I'm home. It's fine. (laughs) Why do you want to destroy something for it to be like home? And then I, I remember my mom's favorite story to tell about me is where we were tearing down walls and then there was a new drywall put up and I went after it with a hammer and she caught me just in time. Oh my god! I was like four or five years old with a hammer doing demo work. So oh this no. feels like home. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, you and Sarah would have a lot to share. Y'all would have a lot in common. <laughs> I think we would. I love that. That is too funny. Well, I'm sorry about the floors. Hopefully it'll get sorted out soon. 
I mean, the upside is that a few of the housewarming presents that we've gotten and Joey's birthday is up next week. So there are Lowe's Aww. gift cards coming in <gasps> to help pay for stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. that's great. I'm exceedingly grateful for the people in my life who are just like, oh, yeah, here's a good idea. New home. You need gift cards to like construction places. Yes. Y- you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah. No, that's crazy. How are you doing? I'm hoping that with the things going wrong in your house, it's slightly less dramatic. It, it is. It's like an ice maker and stuff. I mean, it's, it is less dramatic. Well, and it's just, sorry. And we also have the new kitten, which I don't think I've announced on the podcast. You may hear Oh, background. yeah. I don't think you have. No. So there is my news. We have um, a brand new kitten. We got her at 10 weeks. She's now 12 weeks. And I may be about to put her out of my office because she's she's got the little morning zoomies. So she's kind of going nuts. Um, but no, she's sweet. Her name, her name is Winnie. And I think we've decided it's short for Wednesday. We were going between Winifred and Wednesday. And I let Tom and Tom kept saying Wednesday, Wednesday. And I'm like, okay, it's Wednesday. She'll be Wednesday. So but she's a little um, black kitten, and she's Yay. so cute. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, she may have to step out for the podcast because she's attacking my blinds right I can now. see her in the background. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought she could just hang and sleep in the chair and relax, but we are too excited this morning. But um, And, and for anybody, we adopted her, so she came from the local shelter. So that Yay. was... So, yes, yeah, so that's our big family news. And then, because the rest, we're just enjoying the summer. It's our first time having a kitten. And, oh, my goodness, it's like having a baby again. Like, it's, mm-hmm. we, he, she is on a stricter schedule than my kid was. <laughs> like, we feed her at this time. She goes to bed at this time. We do this at this time. And it's been fine. But I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. But, yeah, there. If if anybody wants a kitten, please check. Please check your local shelters, especially right now. PSA, it's kitten season, apparently. So they are, I've heard they're full. And so we we got her. I don't know. Yeah. And those adoption fees are worth it because finding a cat on the street and then getting all of those shots and everything taken care of on your own is yes. hundreds of dollars more than that $80 to $150 fee, depending on the rescue society. <laughs> Yes, she was, because I was, I thought that, I mean, we had prepared for that's probably what it was going to be. She was $50. Yep. And they sent us home with food, a litter box, like they sent us with a, and I'm like, this is amazing. Yep. Those vet vet fees add up quickly and the adoption fee is well worth it because you know they've been taken care of. And if there are any medical problems, they'll tell you about them before you take them home so you know what to look out for. Yes. No, it it was a wonderful experience. So yes, adopt, don't shop. And um, especially if you like black kittens, please consider adopting a black kitty because they usually don't get adopted. I love black kitties. I know all her siblings have been adopted except for her and her sister and they were both the black cats of the litter and I was like oh my gosh so and I wanted to take her little sister too but I looked she got adopted so okay it's all, good. yeah they're all good but um anyway so there we go there's my news <laughs> I like your news your news is probably low-key more aggravating than my news because when I'm not looking at my floor I don't think about it but I think I like your news better because yeah. little kittens are adorable and while they will tear up your floor I'm doing a much more thorough job than she is. <laughs> yes, no, she she is a she's a sweetie, but she did have to exit uh, the room so we could do the podcast. <laughs> Super valid, not, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. I was scared she was going to hurt herself or hurt something in here. So she, <laughs> she can go bug my husband now. That is when we need video. That is the moment when we need video is Caitlin's watching her. Like, I'm looking at her in the background playing. Yes. <laughs> and oh we both my. did the hand motion of what she was doing, too. All yes. of this is completely lost on everybody. Yeah. I know. Sorry. <laughs> we should probably just get into the episode. That might I, be a good idea. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I'm excited because I don't know about, I mean, I know what we're talking about, but I honestly don't really know anything past that. So I'm, I'm excited to learn along with everybody else. So, I mean, we've been talking about how it's summer and I haven't complained about the heat once. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm, I'm going to continue biting my tongue because we all know how I feel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but True. because it is summer, it is summer camp season. So. Woo-hoo! Much like last year, we are doing another spiritualist camp. So not too far from Lilydale is uh, Maine, where we have Camp Etna. Today's sources are a mix of Atlas Obscura, the Etna Township website, because obviously. Right. Um, and there's a town website, the ednatownship.com backslash history, because why not? <laughs> to set the stage... On 27 acres along U.S. Route 2, west of Bangor, Maine, you will find Camp Etna, home to the Etna Spiritualist Association. It has been a gathering center for mediums, healers, and others for close to 150 years. Wow. But that's what the book said, and I think that's hilarious because um, they can't math. 147 is is not 170, which is what they originally said. (laughs) Oh, no. Like the original quote was for close to 100 or for, for over 170 years. I'm like, um, I know you're on the East Coast and your history goes a little further back right. when it comes to like, you know, American history. It, it, um, no, it's not 170 years. It's close to 150. Oh, no. They just tacked on an extra 20 to make it sound better. Right? Like, I know I have trouble with the fact that 2023 means that 1955 was 70 years ago, not 50 years ago. But I feel like this is worse somehow because it's in print. (laughs) This is true. It's not just in our heads. Exactly. We're in conversation where we all laugh about being old. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord. But, um, sorry. Now, we all know the general history of how spiritualism developed. And mm-hmm. if you don't, I have a few episodes at the beginning of the first season <laughs> that I can recommend. They uh, go pretty in-depth, comparatively speaking. Absolutely. But the area originally uh, was taken by settlers and settled in 1807 by six gentlemen from nearby settlements. It was initially named Crosby Town after the Crosby family of Hampton. And it was renamed Etna in 1820 after incorporating into a village. They named it after the volcano in Italy. Apparently because Benjamin, one of the settlers, flipped through Webster's spelling book and his finger landed on Etna. Wait, so he did the kind of the book. What did, The bibliomancy. That was my yeah. exact thought. <laughs> I kind of love that. Me too. I'm just like, you named it after a volcano. It's a good thing Maine isn't in the ring of fire on the other side of the country, because that would be asking for trouble. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Because, like, yeah, no, if this was in, like, Washington State or Alaska or somewhere, I'd be like, ooh, naming it after a volcano seems precognitive in a very terrible way. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they're safe on the East Coast. Although the way plate tectonics work, it could still be really precognitive in a completely terrible way. (laughs) True. So the camp itself wasn't founded until well after the city was founded. It was around 1876, so the Fox sisters had long been in existence, were now 
definitely into the Gilded Age. Right. And 1876 was obviously a busy year in general. It was the U.S. Centennial. It was mm-hmm. apparently the year that Heinz ketchup was invented. Oh, cool. It was the year the first crematorium was built in the U.S. Ooh. <laughs> it was the year Alexander Graham Bell made his first successful phone call. Positive. <laughs> as well as the writing of the Declaration of the Rights of Women. Wow. That is, that's a journey. Like from it's, that. it's an intense year. And like yes. the, um, the author put all of this in because one of the books that I did was uh, The Inbetweeners. Oh, yes. I've heard of this book. Never read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it was on sale on Audible uh, about a month and a half ago. So I said, oh, mm. cool. That, please. Like, she she included all of those things. I'm like, dang, that was a busy year. Yes, it was. To be fair, we didn't know how big Heinz Ketchup was going to be. But still, the first <laughs> crematorium, the U.S. Centennial, Alexander Graham Bell. Like, yo. Wow. A lot happening. Exactly. And along with it was the first meeting of the camp at a spiritualist camp on Buswell's farm. So it was initially, unsurprisingly, in with the history of the burned over district, they set up under a tent <laughs> that Daniel Buswell Jr. had purchased. And his wife was the medium that was working the tent that day. And admission was 10 cents a day. Oh, nice. And it was basically what was happening with all the other spiritual camps or spiritualist camps all over the country. They were effectively creating a summer camp for themselves where they were less concerned with pursuing the spiritualist agenda that was happening with the larger organizations and more with just communing with the dead while in natural settings. Mm. So kind of a blending of transcendentalism and spiritualism. Oh, okay. It was initially only about two weeks long. Oh, and okay. And only four years later, they built a pavilion that could sit more than a thousand people at a time. (gasps) Oh, They built 78 more cottages in the area. Wow. Had a 50 room hotel. A restaurant, a barber shop, an ice cream shop, a dance hall, and boats available for visitors to enjoy the water of Edna Pond. Oh my goodness. This is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And they did that in four years. It went from a tent in a wow. field to a pavilion, almost 80 more cottages, a big whole hotel, restaurant, barber, like all the nine yards. Like oh my- it, in four years. Like, I, can you imagine I, what could have happened wow. with either of our museums in four years if they had this kind of ambition? <laughs> No, that's what I'm thinking. But I guess it makes sense because, I mean, they're really kind of in the height of it. So, I mean, but still, that's really impressive. There, There is also money, donations, and interest coming in. That that That's what I'm thinking. They had they may have had a few more resources and a little more interest in what they were doing. Super good point. Yeah, that's definitely going to be part of it. Mm. In 1916, The Banner of Life. Uh, we mm. all know the spiritualist newspaper. Yeah. We should actually do an episode on just the banner of life at some point. We should. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, in 1916, they published the following statement from a prominent spiritualist speaker, who they don't name. <laughs> they come in farmer's carts, in wagons, in anything. Lord knows how all they do to get here. Oh, wow. People were motivated to show up. Yeah. And it was not uncommon to have well over 5,000 people in attendance at Camp Edna. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine seeing all of that. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. 5,000 people in... It's like a little village square when you think about it. Like, it sounds Mm -hmm. huge compared to the tent in the field, but... It's a little village square. Like, 5,000 people in just my downtown area would get my attention. Like, Yeah, of course. Like, out of the blue and everyone's coming in. It's like tourist season, but with summer camp. <laughs> wow. The quote continues, and they describe the same general area. 
16 miles west of Bangor. Nestling among the pines in one of Maine's productive valleys lies Camp Edna, the camp where Harrison D. Barrett received his early physical and mental training, as well as his first spiritual lessons, and where, as president of the National Association of Spiritualists, he returned just 20 years ago with a party of friends. Each year, as I journey back to the camp, I review the years and what they have brought to Etna and what Etna has contributed to the cause. Oh, wow. Etna has the distinct honor of being the only spiritualist camp where a nominee for governor came for strength and courage and found the light in a personal message which his election verified. During the, his term of office, as a mark of respect to spiritualism, he gave the camp a governor's day. Wow. Spiritualism being the only like religious group mm -hmm. that received such an honor. Interesting. Which is not bad from a small camp of early days where three or four hundred congregate on a Sunday to hear the speakers and many thousands now can constitute the audiences at our Sunday services. Wow. I, I had no idea it was this big. Like, I'm kind of blown away. I really thought it was just like a little one, like a little time. Wow. Right? I had the same concept. Like, yeah, it's going to be a spirit, one of the another little spiritualist camps, like less mm -hmm. famous than Lilydale, but still very impressive in its own way. No, Why? it's impressive. Just period. End of sentence. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I have questions, but I'm going to hold off because you may explain it as we go on. Okay, <laughs> I have so you can also interrupt as much as you want. No, I'm, 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 well, okay, and if you're going to get to it, just say I'm going to get to it. I'm curious why we don't hear about it as much as Lily Dell. Nothing about that. I didn't come across it at all. That's interesting. Yeah, because if it was this big, you would think you'd hear about, and maybe you do up in the northern states. Like, maybe if you're up there, you hear about it a lot, but I had never heard of Etna. Only Lily Dell. Me neither. Honestly, I didn't even hear about it properly until I was looking at the book, The Inbetweeners, that was being recommended to me on Audible. And I'm like, what mm -hmm. is even this topic? Ooh, I needed a camp anyway. Wow. This was Very this was my introduction to the camp. I'd never heard of it. Mm -mm. And like, while today, obviously, it's not as big a deal. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still got, you know, the basic summer activities, the church that provides spirit, spirit communication as part of Sunday services. And it's obviously a gathering place for mediums, believers, and people who are just curious about stuff. Right. I mean, back in the day, by the early 20th century, the camp had become a central hub for spiritualism. Wow. How did we lose track of a hub? This is like realizing religiously, this is like Chicago Midway Airport. And we mm -hmm. somehow lost track of it in history. No, you're right. I'm, I'm sitting here kind of rocking my brain because I'm trying to remember in the books I've read, I don't remember them ever talking about Etna. And it's like, you would have think, like they may mention Lily Dell and you would think, well, they would have gone to this too. But I've, I, unless I just missed it or skimmed over it, I don't ever remember seeing it or seeing any. So it's almost like which mediums were going there? Why were some going there? Because go, like even the Fox sisters, a lot of them went to Lily Dell. Like yeah. I don't. Unless it was just they were closer to it, so it was easier. I'm just really curious on that. I honestly couldn't tell you. Wow. Because they have, like, the Governor's Day. They had, uh, there was a U.S. senator that was given a lot of attention, and she went there periodically, Margaret Chase Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember much detail on her. She... Oh, in 1950, she delivered the Senate chamber a declaration of conscience against McCarthyism. Oh. Defending Americans' rights to criticize and hold unpopular beliefs um, and everything else. Interesting. But, like, she served 24 years in the U.S. Senate, and she's mentioned in Cap Madness history. Like, 
they they were on the map. Why did they fall off the map? Yeah. I don't understand. Gosh, and I wish I remember the numbers of Lily Dell because I'm like, how... Which I know I could pull it up in my notes, but I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, like, how much bigger was Lily Dell than Etna? And, you know, is it just a size thing? The other one was just so much bigger. So it, it might just be it's too far north and people that's forgot true. about it thing. That is true. Yeah, that could be it. I have no idea. But, like, we even have, like, their, fam- their most famous medium yeah. was a Vanderbilt. Oh, <gasps> What? I don't know how close she was to the family because um, she married in. Her her, her maiden name was Mary Scan- uh, Scannell. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, the font made it look like Scannelli at first. But she was from Massachusetts and began doing um, table tipping. Her mom <gasps> spelled out letter by letter with table tipping. Interesting. And she ended up being pulled over into the Camp Etna world and was published in the Banner of Light as well. Mm-hmm. She served at Camp Etna for 17 years, and she was the president for the last 10 years of life, of her life, not its life. And it just blows my mind that we have big names, like national recognition, and Camp Etna just went, whoof, yeah, out of history. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So what's it like today? Are they still having... Is it still around? They are. Okay. It's not as... It's not as bumping as it was back in the day, understandably. <laughs> yeah. But actually, uh, you remember how the Lilydale book I read had the reporter who was going out and doing it in context while she was going into the history? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what The Inbetweeners is. It oh. is the story of Mary Taxin. I can't. Her, her last name is spelled P-T-A-C-I-N. Oh, yeah. That's... So Tassin, maybe. They're out there like in the middle of it trying to like figure out if they can see how they can experience because they're one of those who's there out there because they're curious right. and they're drawn to it right of course and so she is out there getting readings experiencing the camp going back and forth i think she, the book takes place over a couple of years if i understood it properly mm-hmm. one of the articles i read was actually included an assessment of the author's assessment of etna uh-huh. which sounds like a complicated way to go about it but I like the way they described her as being hovering somewhere between curiosity and the edge of belief. Mm. Because, like, you can tell as you're reading the book, like, she really, really wants to get it. Right. But she can't quite click that part of her brain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she tells us she wishes she could see the ghosts that float around so readily around main mediums in this enchanted hamlet. Oh. But she's on a quest to understand, basically, the peculiar nature of belief in general, the power of faith, and the, you know, it's pure, unquestioning, and even unreasoning ability to shape the way we see the world around us. Mm-hmm. The way this uh, article says it, to that end, she collects insights and highlights from the history of spiritualism, but mostly concentrates on Edna's current practitioners. Okay. Uh, and it really is an interesting book because her interactions with the community's mediums and psychics include like a ceremony to cleanse her home of a suspected ghost, Ooh. Um, a session of table tipping where the oak-legged fin- furniture apparently danced around the room. Oh, very cool. And this was my favorite chapter. She took a lesson in dowsing. <gasps> oh, neat. So they do classes there. They do classes. They do sessions. They do. There's a workshop for making your own um, drum. Oh. And it's one of the more expensive workshops, but it's led by. Oh, no, I can't remember. It's an indigenous gentleman. And I can't think of his name. I should have written it down in my notes. Sorry, y'all. But they have. It's a good variety of workshops and stuff. And they also work to apparently get 
bigger name mediums to see if they can bring their fan base with them to come out to the camp and kind of infuse more life right and finances into the environment <laughs> yeah that see I, that's really interesting it makes me want to look up like what classes now now i don't know if she talks about this but i'm curious for the do they have mediums kind of like lily though that like they live on site year round so do they have to do anything to like get like do they because like lilydale they have to go through like tests and so do they do it at Edna? whole thing almost exactly the same as lilydale actually really you have to be a member of the spiritualist church you okay. have to be active in good standing okay and i can't remember i didn't see uh let me get back on their website real quick i didn't see the same real estate page that we saw for the lilydale yeah houses but i did I did see something about their requirements of being able to move there. Okay. And it was basically the same as Lilydale's. And I'm just double checking that I'm not crazy and I just missed. Yeah, I, I don't think they have a real estate page. But they do have a cemetery page. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, it's for it's for Etna Township in general. Uh-huh. And it's it's a it's a municipal cemetery. It's run by the city. Oh. Wow. It's run and maintained and I think it's really pretty. Like I wanna go and I wanna see the cemetery, which surprises no one. <laughs> no. But I would I mean I would love to see that too, so I can't I can't talk. So that I mean, it sounds like it's kind of a very much a copy of of Lilydale. Maybe it is, because Maine, I mean, that's I mean, if you're already in like New York in that area, it's not that much of a distance, but maybe just because it's so far north it discouraged people i don't know but if you're already going to lily dell and making that journey it doesn't seem like it'd be that much i don't i don't know like if you're if you're in new england like you just pick your direction and go <laughs> yeah exactly maybe you just had bigger names at lily dell maybe well and maybe that's what kind of pushed it or i don't know but i like i want i want to get online now and see if they do any zoom classes like i'm so curious like what they offer that would be hilarious i did not see any zoom classes they, they may had not a tw- summer 2023 flyer that i can't get to load right now their programs i mean it's unsurprising stuff it's like it's mantra classes it's sunday services trance work message circles right um, everybody to no surprise anywhere sunrise yoga oh nice <laughs> And then they still have dowsing classes, which is something that I really, really want to play with more. I don't want to take classes. I just want to get the dowsing rods and play with them. <laughs> now, here I'm curious. I may need to pull it up. I, I want to know if they do um, – I'm curious if they do psychic work because at Lilydale, they don't do any psychic. Or at least that's what I've been told. Like, it's it's all mediumship. Like, that's what they focus on. They do psychometry, but that's kind of a cross between the two in a lot of ways. Yeah, you could kind of do it for either. And I think they do psychic readings, but no psychic classes that I've seen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let me see, because I think I saw that on the calendar. Yes, 3 p.m. on August 13th, there are psychic readings available. Oh, okay. So you can get one. And and, and if anybody's in Lilydale, please correct me if I'm wrong. I just know there was um, a medium that was training under someone I trained with, and they were talking about, like, it's just mediumship. Like they So that's what I'm going off of, so... Yeah, that makes perfect sense, yeah. honestly. Yeah, so, but I will not have my feelings hurt if you tell me no. They also do a lot of psychic, too. Yeah, from this, from what I can tell, based on the the mainstream camp, not mainstream, the, the mainstay camp at the mediums that are there all the time, they're all, to some degree, mediums, or at least clairvoyant or clairaudient. Okay. And then there's a couple, there's a mix of additional skills in healing 
and psychic work. So oh, they're cool. a little more blended than than Lily Dell. This is Edna than Lily Dell, yes. Right. <laughs> well, and I don't remember Lily Dell because I I was curious, so I pulled up the website. I don't remember them talking about doing table tipping ever. I mean, not saying they don't. I just don't remember seeing that offered. Exactly. I had the same thing where I remembered most of it was there's a little bit of rapping from what I remember. Uh-huh. And then it was mostly just direct communication to the medium for the most part in yeah. Lily Dale. And Camp Etna apparently was like, let's put everything in the pot so that we can draw more people, I guess. I don't know. Right. No, that's. Or they're just less strict. That is. And that's also, I mean, even you just don't see table tipping like that just offered anywhere. I mean, at least down in the classes I've looked at and even, you know, again, correct me if somebody's seen this. I missed it. I always check Arthur Finley for their online classes. I don't think I've ever seen table tipping. At least not. Now, granted, it's all been by Zoom. You can't really, I don't think, I don't know that you can tip a table <laughs> via Zoom. Maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe because we've been in the pandemic. But that's just fascinating that that's one of the things they offer. Yeah. Which it, it's, uh, that's old school to me. That feels very old school to me. <laughs> it is. It's super old school to me, too. Oh, my God. And I do think it's really cool that um, my, my official opinion uh-huh. that I've just now formed in my brain as we're talking <laughs> is that because they're so far north, uh-huh. they were less under the direct control of the spiritualist church. Mm-hmm. So even though you have to be a member in good standing to buy a house there and live there full right. time, the church doesn't have the same direct influence on them. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to incorporate more varied things. Oh, that would make sense. I could That's see. my official theory. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good theory. It's a really good theory. I was looking at their summer offerings. They have flower readings, which is so cool. Like, right? I've never heard of that. I've heard of flower like oracle cards and stuff, but I've never heard of flower readings. But that's and then the table tipping, dousing, Hawaiian energetics. That's pretty cool. Crystal grids. Yeah astrology i don't think you can get any i think lilydale you can only get mediumship yeah i see what you mean how lilydale was strict about that it was yes. all communications with spirit and or your ancestors or just deceased friends yeah no this offers a whole lot more that you can do it makes me wonder like is there a little rivalry between the two <laughs> like honestly probably there probably is there has to be because you want everyone to come to you therefore you have to compete a little bit yeah because sadly we all have finite resources and none of us can go out and support all of them no and again it's you see how they all start in the north like the northeast like you we don't have anything like this i mean you'd have revivals that went through the south but they certainly weren't spiritualist revivals or no i mean we have spiritualist churches that were down here in texas because mm-hmm. there's one up in uh it's not tyler taylor mm. uh about a half hour away from me and there's a woman who lives there now and she will occasionally include her house in the historical tours of the area oh very cool at least it's that's the rumor i've heard i have not managed to key into them yet so i can see her house but so like we had spiritualist churches but not summer camps no no at least not that i've come across like i mean maybe there were but i have nothing like this that stuck and had like real longevity to it at least um Exactly. They're certainly not still going now. Although I will say that with all the faith in the world that one of our listeners in a completely different country will absolutely find something happening up the road from my house. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. I think the closest we probably have is like a yoga retreat or like something 
like that. We have that, but but that's it. Well, it looks beautiful. I'm looking at the pictures, and it looks really, really pretty. Right. I absolutely want to go play in New England more, and not just because it's 102 <laughs> degrees outside right now. And feels like a hundred and like fifteen degrees outside right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it's. Pe- I made it halfway through the episode before complaining about the heat. I want credit. <laughs> yes, we've actually done really good this year. We've done really, really good this year. Yeah, I was just I was looking at it. So a new camp you can go to, and I am bummed they don't offer anything online. But that makes sense. They want people to come there. They. Yeah, they want you in person. They may do more stuff in the winter online, maybe. Maybe. But honestly, it's kind of the the impression I got from the book was also that much like Lilydale, a lot of the longstanding members are a little older. And so Zoom-based things may be not beyond them, but in their kind of like, I don't want to. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But the thing that occurred to me yesterday mm-hmm. was while I was fiddling with my notes a little bit more was... And this is probably because I got to go to cemetery camp this year. <laughs> I went to a conference back in June, which is where I got sick, by the way. But we were all kind of good-naturedly calling it cemetery camp because we were doing <laughs> sessions and workshops and lectures and then going out to cemetery tours and stuff. Right. And it was amazing because we all, honestly, I would put down $1,000 on a bet that every single person who goes to this has some form of neurodivergency. <laughs> Like every one of us is either ADHD, autistic, both, or something else entirely. But you could see in the conversations that we are out of habit, kind of babbling about our favorite topic, and uh-huh. then looking around and realizing that nobody's bored and they're asking follow up questions. Like oh, you're around your people. I love it. And it's fantastic. And I realized that, like, I know that kind of deep down we understood that was part of why the spiritualist camps would take off was because you wanted to go and felt like you belonged. Right. And so I was like, is there any articles on the psychology of like summer camps and how they help, you know, bonding or sense of community or anything? Mm-hmm. Now, most of the ones that most of the articles I found were actually on some of the potential negative impacts based on different summer camps that have caused trauma to children over the years. Oh. Um, I'm glad those articles exist. That is not what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. But I did find uh, the intro to the American Camp Association, <gasps> which was... Uh, it was actually founded by Paul Newman, the actor, because oh. he wanted to create a place where children with serious illnesses could escape mm. the pain and fear of illness and kind of just be kids. Oh. And like the camp has become a global community of 30 camps and programs serving kids with over 50 different medical conditions uh-huh. all over the world. Wow. But what I loved was the interest, or the interest, what I loved was the intro where it said, for children and families who feel isolated or misunderstood, camp can offer the connectivity and support needed to finally feel like part of a community. Mm-hmm. It takes a village. No man is an island. Better together. And there's no shortage of sentiments about the power of community. There is no place where that is more evident than at camp. Around the world, camps are creating communities and support for children and young adults who feel sidelined or isolated because of personal condition, challenge, or circumstances. Whether it's through intentional programming, inclusive activities, or other purposeful practices, camp helps children and families work through their feelings of fear and discomfort to build confidence and connectivity and know they're not alone. And I know that they're talking about kids with like chronic illnesses and often terminal illnesses, but I really feel like the concept kind of extrapolates because going from feeling like the only crazy person in my world who gets excited about the history of cemeteries, like... 
going from feeling like that to being in a community full of a bunch of other cemetery nerds. Yeah. I can only imagine how going from, you know, we're having to feel out whether it's okay to talk about mediumship Mm -hmm. and feeling if it's okay to be like, do you believe in ghosts? Like what kind of like the thing we do every day when we meet somebody new, like where am I going to categorize you on my level of I can babble freely? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And like, I can't even imagine what it would be to take that feeling and then go to a summer camp where everyone around me is like the same or worse. (laughs) And I mean that in a good way, like where they're even more immersed in it, where it's constant, where they're never not talking to ancestors. Like that concept of that safety, but belonging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can see why these summer camps would have taken off and been so impactful on society. Like no question. No, absolutely. I mean, as you were talking, it it makes so much sense because we talk about in our our classes and um, and when we meet other women that are doing mediumship or psychic work or even men, too, it just in most of our classes, it just happens to be more more women. But just how nice it is to be able to talk about these things and be like to actually be kind of like open and you don't have to filter what you're saying, because I know what you mean when I meet new people. It does run through my head like, so am I going to tell them what I do? Am I not? Right. Am I going to mention the podcast or am I going to stick with just general history nerd in this case? Yes. Or do I mention I talk to spirits? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there there have been some of the little moms at Tom's school who were super nice, but I'm more like when they ask what I do, I'm like, I'm a stay at home mom. Stay yeah. at home mom. You know, <laughs> like. Until proven otherwise, everyone is a potential concern. Yeah, well, you just, I I don't know. Maybe it's more, I I mean, maybe in other places you can be more open about this. I'm sure you can, but down here it's a little scary (laughs) when you meet new people. Every state I've lived in, I've been hesitant to even talk about ghosts. Really? So I'm going to go with it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, because you, so I see what you mean when you could go to a camp and it's like we're all the same and we're all learning and bonding. It's. It, it's really brilliant. And we're all excited about the same thing where, oh, my God, I got to talk to my great grandma for the first time ever. And yes. other people are going to lose their mind, too, because they're so excited for me. Yes. And that level of support and encouragement. And and plus, I was also thinking just that had to be so freeing for women during this time, too, because, again, we've talked about this before, but it just hit me. You have a voice and you can actually use your voice and you can get up on what they call platform or and speak out into crowds because women didn't have that back then. That, yeah, outside the Quaker church, it wasn't really recommended or allowed. No, no, it certainly wasn't. And even the women that were, I use air quotations here, but that were allowed, it was only because the men were like, well, that's spirit talking through them. Spirits talking through them. Yeah, the, during... It's not the women and their opinions. <laughs> legitimately i still fully maintain that's part of why the women's movement worked so well in this time period was because there were women who were up there talking about it but it 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 was accepted because like that's actually aristotle talking about how it's important so we should definitely listen to him coming out of her voice and it's like first of all they could be saying anything and i'd fully support them because honestly like what they're saying is accurate yes but it was completely allowed because it was yeah. Famous philosophers through history who were men, therefore you get to say what they were trying yeah. to say. Yeah, no, exactly, which is, is so brilliant. And I always think in the back of my head, I do, I mean, I do believe several of these women were mediums. Like, I do believe oh, that. Sure. But then I'm also like, how many were like, 
I, I feel like a lot of them too are like, here's all my thoughts. Here's my opinions. I'm just going to say it was Aristotle saying it, but this is, you know, like hundred percent. That's honestly part of why I love Victoria Woodhall so much is yeah. because like, I, I don't doubt that she was hearing spirit right. a lot of the time and that she didn't, she followed her guys and she wasn't right. making things up all the time, but I fully, fully assume <laughs> And truly, in the heart of hearts, kind of believe that she had a plan when she got up on some of those stages. Oh, yeah. And she was letting spirit talk through her. But, like, it was absolutely with a political, like, <laughs> you need to take women seriously kind of agenda. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so it, I, I just wonder, like, at these camps, when you're going, and I, I know there, but how much was, like, women-led and women getting to be free and speak their mind and share, which is a big deal for us now. But, gosh, back then, it oh, was just... 100% uh, more. Yeah, because you really... A lot of women didn't have a voice. Like, it was kind of... You were kind of like a child. You're to be seen and not heard, and that was kind of it. Take care of the boat and don't disrupt it. Yeah, especially considering a lot of this was before women even got the vote. So, and and so we really didn't have a voice. So I think that would be so powerful too. And um, and again, we've talked about this, but why women also kind of flock to this movement so strongly. Like, we, Absolutely. we respect your opinions and your voice. You're, you're going to listen to me and not shut me up? What? Where do I sign up? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's interesting that it's so female driven today, even like, I mean, of course there's men, but it's just, it's always interesting how it's very female driven. Oh, absolutely. Even looking at the mediums and healers that are like, there's one, two, three, there are five on the Camp Etna page mm-hmm. and two of the five are men, which is a big number for an area. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that it's not one guy out of 10 Right. Is already an impressive balance in <laughs> gender representation here. Yeah, but it's still technically dominated by women because that's kind of how the dom- demographic works. Yeah, it really is. It really, it, it's really interesting. I was looking on Etna's page, and they have a list of like spiritualist churches and campgrounds. I don't see Lilydale listed. I and- didn't see that. Um, I don't even know how I got to it. I to be honest, I was just clicking around, but they list a lot. They list Casadega and all well, Casadega, but interesting. That one's also going unlisted at some point because yes. that one was recommended by a reader until I got distracted by the Camp Etna book. <laughs> no, no, and I've been. Do you know I've had that book like in my I think I've had it on audible for years and I just it's one of those it's like I'm gonna listen to it next I'm gonna listen to it and then something else comes up and I need to listen to it now it it is a surprisingly um it's less difficult to read than the Lilydale book was okay partly because it was an audiobook and I was able to do other things (laughs) but I just think her experiences were less I mean she was there as a curious person as well as a journalist versus a journalist who then became curious right which is what the Lilydale book was so I think it was just better okay so i just looked it up lily dell is 10 hours from camp edna that's a lot farther that's not even the crossing texas that's easy no it is i don't know why see i guess in texas i don't know i just thought it'd be closer <laughs> like i'm used to that and i just thought oh they'd be closer but they're not 
So that may... Maine is surprisingly far from everybody, not going to lie. Yeah, I guess because it's all right up there together. I just see assuming, and I know what happens when you assume things. I just assume they're all like within an hour or two of each other, but no, they're not. To be fair, once you get south of New York, they are kind of all an hour away from each other. (laughs) Right. I just, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Like, oh, they, they are quite a distance. I can't remember how far north into Maine Camp Etna is because... Maine is surprisingly large for a New England state. Mm. That's why I've always, I always, I've always wanted to go to Maine after I saw that Same. movie Casper. Casper did it. I, and I'm like. Between Casper and freaking Practical Magic. Like, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to. Yeah. And it's only, it was only when I was looking at trying, I was trying to move to New England last year. <laughs> yeah. We all remember me talking about it. If someone, to this day, if someone can find me a job, I will happily move to New England. <laughs> But it was when I was actually looking at the different areas in the other states and I realized how big Maine actually was. Mm-hmm. And Camp Etna is a couple hours up from the New Hampshire border. Mm. So I think that's part of it is that it's into the state a little bit. Well, and that would make sense because I was looking at like where Lilydale is and like where um, New York and all that. That that helps me understand a little bit more why it didn't grow as big because the big center I mean, is like 10 hours away, where, which, yeah. I mean, to us, a 10-hour drive, okay, but back then, before cars, oh, yeah, all that. Several days of travel. Exactly. Sure. So that that kind of helps answer the question, like, oh, that makes a lot more sense why it didn't grow yeah. like the other ones did. For sure. So, and Casadega's got to be close. I mean, when you pull up that website, it's amazing to see how many spiritualist churches and things are up there, like... We are but they're still that active is really oh, amazing. I know. Like we have stuff down here, but it to me it's just not the same. Like the level and everything is not the same. Agreed. Well, this was cool. I like this as a summer camp. So I mean and I think there are other summer camps around the country we can still talk about. Isn't there one in Florida too? Yeah, that's where the cast uh, Dega Castanega. Oh Karate. I can't remember the name now. Yeah, that was down in Florida. It was <gasps> apparently the fact that it was mentioned on the Camp Etna website where Lilydale wasn't mentioned is weird because apparently it's known as a sister camp to Lilydale. Well, I think there's a different camp at um, Casadega because this one was like okay. in Maine or somewhere. Like it, it was like oh. it was like Maine. It was like all the surrounding states. That's why I was like Casadega. But maybe we'll have to research. Why is that one? Did the Florida one come after? <laughs> because that's why because yeah. Casadega is in Florida, but this one was like up in Maine or something. So maybe it's just like a church or because it was spiritualist churches and camps. So let me see. Let me check the list of camps because I had it uh, set to be the other camp <laughs> initially. That's so funny. <laughs> it was Casadega, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I love how I found that so easily, and now as I'm trying to find it again, like, I just happen to click on something and be like, oh, what's yeah. this? You can't direct me to it, because you don't know how you got there. No, I really don't. I was just, I clicked on something, and it popped up, and I was like, oh, cool, there it is. But yeah, no, I have no idea how I got to that. That's hilarious. I love it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Maybe spiritualism? Oh, they have church services. That's really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really awesome. And they have the Spiritualist Declaration of Principles. So that's interesting. You have to be... I wonder up north, if anybody lives up there, how... Because I now I know it's kind of... I think it's a little bit different in England, like talking to... Shout out to Grace and stuff. Because <laughs> um, I, I know they're still very big on... 
a lot a lot of people over there and especially it used to be like you are part of the spiritualist church like it is not you're not just out there kind of doing your thing you're it's very much like that we're in America I think most people aren't part of the spiritualist church you're just mediums but I wonder up in the northeastern states if that's a bigger like if you're a medium up there you like I don't you know if it's a bigger deal like you that you're a part of the spiritualist church yep. Like regionally speaking, if yes. it's a bigger deal to be part of it, that's a good question. If y'all know, please tell us. Yeah, because um, especially for Lily and Dell and these, you have to be part of it. But they actually have, like, the Journey Within Church. It's huge, and it's probably one of the most well known in the U.S. And um, so, I I would be curious if anybody knows if that's because I think just because we have a lack of spiritualist churches down here, it's not. I, yeah, I, there's probably a lot of mediums working down working in these areas that probably don't even know about spiritualism or it's an actual religion. Oh, and absolutely. There's church services like they have. That no was idea. why you wanted to help start the podcast was to make it easier for people to learn about the history that goes into what they're doing anyway. Yes, because that is my soapbox. I if you're going to be a medium and that, which is brilliant, you need to know the history. I, I don't know. You need to know the pioneers and how it came to be and. I don't know. Like, it drives me crazy when people do this work. And if I mention the Fox sisters, they're like, who is that? I'm like, have you never read a book on the topic? What are you talking about? And, and, and I know there was mediumship before the Fox sisters. I'm fully aware that there was mediumship. We know we covered a lot of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to go back in time some more, too, though. But yeah, like, yeah, the, 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 the um, Ah, the blank of Poughkeepsie. What the heck is his title? Um, Andrew. Ja- oh, I knew it's Andrew Jackson Davis, the Se- Seer of Poughkeepsie. I can't the Seer remember. of Poughkeepsie. There we go. Yeah. Like he came well before because he announced them. Like we yes. know it happened before that. But like, not that you don't have to love them. No, you don't have to like them. No, but if you don't know about them, yes, my heart hurts because it means you have not touched on the history at all. Yes, you can't even smell spiritualism history without coming across the Fox sisters. Yes, that's it because I know a lot of mediums that do not like the Fox sisters and are not Which is absolutely valid. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's like yeah, like you said you should at least know who they are. You should, or Andrew Jackson Day, like you should know some of these names. I don't know. That's just that's our history. And then even we do need to go farther back. Even what came before all of them cuz that's just the history of modern spiritualism, not Exactly. Not, not like, mediumship in general. going back centuries oh my gosh. and millennia. Like, yes. This has been around forever. Like, not that you aren't special and important in the way <laughs> no. you are doing it now no, in the no, modern no, context, no. but also you're not alone. Yes. They've been here the whole time. If you don't have a sense of community around you, like, maybe have it through history with the depth of support that way. Like, that's why I got in. Well, I'm also a history. Now, <laughs> but, like, that's part of why I love the history so much is because I don't feel crazy. People have been doing this for centuries right and i have it gives me so much respect for people like victoria woodhull and some of these people that came before especially i guess especially being a woman like they gave us a voice like they were brave enough to get up there and have lord knows what thrown at them chased off stages like they they went through a lot and i'm and I'm like, I, I appreciate that. I'm like, I'm nervous in front of get, getting up in front of a group that I know is not going to run me off the stage. Like, they're right? going to be supportive. That's scary enough. So I can't even imagine when you have an audience that's, like, already primed and ready. Like, I mean, we I think I talked about it in one of the early episodes. Like, admitting that I 
do this still feels uncomfortable to yes. me because like there's there's enough weird middle ground when you mention that you're a practicing pagan or a practicing witch like mm-hmm. no one really knows how to define that so right. i can describe what i do and no one can call me a liar right this is a whole other animal and on the podcast with i'm assuming at least a few listeners who are supportive of it like it's still hard to say words because it's yeah. so foreign to the mainstream life that I usually live. Yes. And when you try to explain it thoughtfully, which is normally like I communicate with spirit or loved ones that have passed, sometimes they're like, what does that mean? And there have been times I'm like, I talk to dead people. I talk to dead yeah. people. Like, I just have to if like, you're gonna break be it down. Stubbornly obtuse. I talk to dead people. Yes. Call me Haley Joel Osmond. Yes. What? <laughs> like, sometimes you have to finally break it down to here. This is why. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Not how I really like to phrase that, but that's that gets it across. If you're going to be that difficult and yes. hard-headed about understanding the polite way I'm saying it, I will bluntly point yes. it out. But yeah, no, even that is very scary. I was, um, it's like, okay, now do you think I'm crazy? Are you going to run away? Are you going to like? Just don't come back with pitchforks, please and thank you. And please still invite my kids to play date. <laughs> so like, no, yeah, they're. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But, well, we have gone on a journey. I feel like we've done at Kip Edna and Women's History. And- yeah, we, we we bird walked around a lot on this one. We did. We did. It's It triggered a lot of our thought processes. So I think it technically counts as on topic. I think it does. <laughs> I think it does, too. And it looks like um, there's a lot online. Like, you can go to their website. They have programs if you're in the area. Um. And they, they, you can get mediumship readings. Now, that's really cool. Yeah. I wonder if those are in person. I'm going to have to look. That'd be really, I would love to get a reading from like a Lily Dell or even a Camp Edna medium and just yeah, see what it's that like. Would cool. That would be very cool. And it's only $25 for 15 minutes. That's, I mean, that's not bad. No, no, that's not bad at all. I think it's about the same as the shop in Houston I like to go to. Yeah, generally, that's what I usually offer if I do, like, little short readings is about yeah. tw- or 20, 25. For, so that, that's really cool. And they have message circle. So Yeah, that looked interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, check them out online. There's, if you, especially if you're in the area or up in Maine. Like, or if you've been there, please let us know. We'd love to get Absolutely, your yes. Tell us what your experiences were, for sure. Like, we have... We have all the ways to communicate with us. Tell us about the things. Yes. And of course, you know, tell us how much you liked the episode because we appreciate you being here. And if you enjoy the episode, then like, let us know and maybe leave a rating and a review and a like and subscribe so that you know when we're doing things so that, you know, you get the new episodes without having to remember to check on us every once in a while. Absolutely. And as always, what we just said, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about your experiences, if you've been to Camp Edna, but also if there's other topics you want us to talk about or look into, we are always open to suggestions. Um, And you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod, or you can email us at callingallspiritspod at gmail.com as well. And if you're feeling lucky you could try to contact us via one of the mediums at Camp Etna but I do have a request if you do that make sure they also listen to the pod so that we have more listeners in Maine yes absolutely that's a great um and until then bye everybody bye